Hello, and welcome to The Board Librarians, Episode 5, Old West Empresario, a game by Stanislav Kordinsky. I'm Brian. And I'm Elizabeth. And we're here to talk about board, board games. games. And we're very excited to have Episode 5, and we're very, very excited to have a very special guest. We found another <laughs> librarian. Yes. And we found her in a library, and her name is Tabitha. Tabitha, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Tabitha. <laughs> I work at the Patrick Mudford Library, and I'm working on our makerspace there. Yes, and Tabitha and I have known each other for a very, very long time. And Tabitha, Elizabeth, and I all worked together for many years. I also went to school with Tabitha. Yes. We yes. had an English class together. We were actually in a Girl Scout troop Yeah, together. that too. Actually... I wasn't in your Girl Scout troop. I kind of like crashed and like. <laughs> you were at the end. Yeah, I just like showed up. I started showing up because my my troop quit. <laughs> so did ours. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea of this connection. This is pretty. It's yeah. pretty amazing. We Ta- go way back. Tabitha, tell us about what's your experience with board games and what kind of games do you like and do you have a favorite? Um, my favorite board game is Seven Wonders. Good choice. I like. I don't know. I like most board games. I guess my other favorite board game is Clue. I mostly only play board games with you on Saturdays. And your husband. And my husband. And tell what kind of games your husband enjoys he playing. Likes train games, like very complex train games. Where 18x, can, right? Yeah, where you try to, like, have the best monopoly on trains. You buy stocks in those games, right? They're they're very involved. Yes. I've never quite gotten yeah. into those kind of games. Yeah, they're basically like spreadsheet games without spreadsheets. And they take hours and hours. They take a very long time. Yeah. I've never played one. Elizabeth and I played a game that took us four hours once, The Colonists. Do you remember that one? Yeah, and um, we were just figuring out the rules, and we were finally, like, getting through it. And then I saw the time, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to be up in five hours. And then we kind of, like, threw the game, like, <laughs> packed it up really quickly because, yeah. Some games are really long. Well, today in our episode, we have a few special treats. The first treat is we're going to be talking about our game, Old West Impresario. And then we have a surprise trivia quiz, which Elizabeth has found on the internet. She's going to be asking us some questions on board games. And we have a new rating system to debut. Very exciting. Due to some complaints from some previous (laughs) guests, we are going to revise our rating system. But for now, let's talk about Old West Impresario. I will give you a rules breakdown. Old West Impresario is a two-to-four player game set in the Old West. It's actually a spiritual successor to a game called Pioneer Days. In this game... You are going to be rolling dice equal to the number of players plus one. There are six spaces on the board, and there's going to be two buildings underneath each space. And you're going to be selecting a die, and you have one of three options. The first thing you can do is you can discard a tile underneath it for money, $3. The second thing you could do is you could take a tile from underneath it. The third thing you can do is you can use that number to activate buildings in your town. Your town's going to have a series of tiles, and as you take tiles, for the most part, they're going to be unbuilt, so they're going to be face down. And some of the buildings you can use to activate the tiles, which lets lets you build other buildings, and you eventually want to have your buildings in a grid so that they're synchronous with each other. Some of the buildings are worth victory points for being next to certain colors. Some of the buildings don't like to be next to any other buildings. These buildings actually have emotions and opinions, believe it or not. And... The game is basically keeps going until someone's built 15 buildings or until the uh, building pile runs out or if the victory point pile which not, runs out, which is most likely not going to happen. So the game as a whole, let, well, let's start talking about it. So what is your initial impression of Old West Impresario, Tabitha? 
I liked it. Um, I would have liked it better probably if I'd played it before because I didn't fully understand what we were doing. Elizabeth, what do you think? I agree with Tabitha. Uh, the rules, you know, you explain them and you say, look out for these things. And then I found myself still trying to activate tiles that were face down. But I think playing it a second time, the rules would be a lot more clear. Like certain buildings want to be next to certain color buildings. So um, I had pink, which likes to be next to green. And I started off not really putting buildings next to those colors until Brian points it out. Oh, hey, you're not building anything that your buildings like and you're not going to do well. So then I started paying attention to those things. Otherwise, I probably would have not started changing my way of playing i think that the game is deceptively deceptively simple looking you start playing the game it's like oh you take a die you put a tile down in your town and it's like not much to it but then where the buildings go what are they next to are you taking buildings of the same number because whenever you activate a die let's say for example you take a three if you take a three die you can activate every building that has a three in your town including your town hall every turn and when you activate multiple buildings, you can have a lot of crazy turns. Like I had one turn where I was able to do five or six different things because I had a lot of number twos. And there's also the element of some of the buildings have different symbols such as coal uh, – not coal. There's railroads, there's cotton, and there's oil. And cotton likes to be by itself. Oil likes to be – you want to have as many as possible. And the railroads like to be next to each other. So there's a lot to think about. When you take a tile, you have a lot of different considerations. I think that's what makes it deep. What did you think of the pieces and the artwork of the game, Tabitha? I thought they were adorable. I loved the victory points for little people, and they were really cute. They look like they're supposed to represent people moving into your town, which I think is pretty cute. There was a a nice variety of them, too. So it's not like they were all the same person. There were like quite a lot of ladies with different outfits, and the men, same thing. Because we find... I kept finding I was taking different people each turn. I wanted all different people. (laughs) And I'll be honest with both of you, when I opened up this game, I got the box and when I shook it, I'm like, this doesn't seem like it has the right amount of pieces in it because it felt very light. And I looked inside and it had all the right pieces, but I was like, there's only 61 buildings or something like that. But in reality, it seems like there's a lot of different buildings. There are some duplication, but I didn't think that there was... I think there was more than enough variety. What do you two think? Was there enough variety, Elizabeth? I think so, because even, like, I had my um, ability had to do with the pink buildings, which were the inns, and even though I had multiple inns, the dice number on the bottom and abilities were different, so even though they were the same, they had different features about them, if that makes sense. I think so. What do you think about the player powers? In the game, you have a choice of two characters at the beginning, and you have the option of not using player powers, but every time I play this, this is my third play of this, we decided to use player powers because they're really not that hard. Did you like your player power, Tabitha? I didn't... I don't think I used my player power to the full ability. It was like I could spend money to activate an extra building, and I think I only used it like once or twice because I didn't realize you could only do it when you were... um, pulling a dice to activate your ability and you couldn't use it at the end or else I, I thought mine were lame. every time <laughs> <laughs> I thought kind of lame <laughs> the rule book in the game is very good it does give very clear instructions uh, let's talk about the most complicated part of the game the scoring did you think the scoring was too crazy I wish that this game had come with some kind of like scoring card 
for players so that we would kind of like know what we were going for at the end. The back of the manual does tell you how everything scores. I'm not sure if you saw that, but it does give you a very clear description of them. But as you're playing the game, the iconography, do you think the iconography was hard to uh, understand, Elizabeth? Um, I would say it it was clear enough. It's just I didn't like what my tiles offered me. They're like, you can give up victory points to build this. And I'm like, I'm not going to give up my victory points to build that. And the scores in this game were incredibly close. Tabitha won by one point. <laughs> Elizabeth came. Did you come in second? I was number two. It was 43 to 42 to 41, and that was amazing. And I did like the ending of the game because this is the kind of game where you're not going to know how you really do until the end. And it's I do like, like Seven games. Wonders in a way with the scoring. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because there's different on, categories. Yeah, and depending on what you're focusing on. And this game is, I would consider it, it's a dice drafting tile laying game. I like games that where you build a town, and I like the fact that you start off with like a small town, just a town hall, and you add more and more stuff to it. I think it's cool because at the end of the game, you get to see like this big, spoiling town that you make. And it's not a game where it's depending on your dice roll. It's just what are available, and you can pay money to change it. to. So if there was like a number three, you could pay a coin to make it number one or number four, so you could still manipulate them, which was kind of nice. You know what's amazing? You can make a six into a one. And, a one in, and not a one to a six, but <laughs> a lot of games, they don't let you have rolling numbers, and I think that's a really good feature of the game. And the dice were brown with, like, yellow, so they they went with the theme. They weren't just, like, yeah, that was cool. black and white. They were brown. I have a very important question for you, Tabitha. Did you feel like an Old West impresario? Not really. <laughs> I, impresario, to me, it sounds like it's, like, some big grand thing, and I just felt like I was building my own little small town. And I'm not sure if you both are fully aware. I don't know if you played the prequel game, Pioneer Days. But in Pioneer Days, it has similar artwork on the cover. It has the same cartoony characters. And in the game, you're going across to the west, and it's basically like the Oregon Trail, the board game. But this game takes place after it because you go to the west, and then you make a town when you get there. So we probably should have played them both in the same episode because that would have been cool to say, okay, we're going west, and then we're making our town. <laughs> but we didn't. <laughs> and that's okay. And... I liked that in this game, um, the buildings, like how you got points from them, made sense. So, like, if you had the saloon next to the distillery, you got an extra point. That's deep. And, uh, well, <laughs> I never realized the, that. Yeah, it made sense that way. So, why do you think the church liked to be by itself? Probably because everything else was either like a mine or a saloon. <laughs> I had three churches and they were very close, but they were all touching, like, what was it, the carpenter? They liked carpentry. <laughs> yeah, they could be by the brown ones, right? Yeah. Because, like industry. And then no one took an undertaker. The undertaker in this game is very nasty. It basically makes you lose a point if it's next to another building, but it is a nasty tile because every time you activate it using a die, you can steal a dollar from every. It makes everyone lose a dollar, and you also get a victory point. And one exciting thing about this game, there was a library. Oh, yeah. Yes, and I bought it. And Brian bought it. <laughs> Someone's got to buy the library yep. in these games. I feel like it's a very important part of the game for sure. So that was board librarian approved, the fact that it had a library. I think we didn't use the dice activating enough to make the Undertaker work, worth it. No, we, we built very fast. I Tabitha's think. town was centered on Native Americans. She had a large teepee community in her town, yes. and that gave her four points, which was pretty good. And the teepees are interesting because they're the only building in the game you don't have to actually build. You just basically get the town, you know, get the teepee building, and it automatically gives you a one-time bonus. So, like, victory points, money, activating another building. 
I did think there was enough variety in the game. But what do you think about the variability of the game? Do you think that the game would be different every time you play it, or do you think it would be the same? I think it would be different. It's kind of like Seven Wonders that, yeah. I mean, you might do the same strategy every time, even though it might not win. I know I have a tendency in Seven Wonders to always collect green cards. Does it let me win every time? No, but <laughs> you tend to gravitate towards the ones that you like, you know. We should have an episode where we talk about Seven Wonders with all of his expansions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a super Seven Wonders episode. <laughs> Brian's birthday is coming up. In November, and every year I usually buy him one of the expansions. There wasn't one last year, but there is one this year. Yeah, so um, I have to I have to get on that. There's four. There's <laughs> currently three expansions that I own. There's a fourth one. It's Armada, and she's gotten me the other three. Although I have to say, Seven Wonders is a drafting game, and it's not something I play with new people with all the expansions. <laughs> I do like to play with all the expansions, but. I don't know. I feel like it's a little overwhelming. Don't you think, Tabitha? I think it's more fun just in, without any expansion. The basic game is <laughs> great, too. Yeah. The base game is good, but it is kind of fun adding the leaders and the Babel expansion. The next time we're playing, we're playing with everything. Everything. Okay. It's we not that bad. we played with everything quite a few times, I have to say. I think we played with everything maybe twice. I don't think we played it with the um, the Babel and the Great Projects expansion. That's the, the two modules of Babel. I, ha- I don't know anything about the um, the new expansion other than it has ships. Have you ever played Seven Wonders Duel? No. We'll have to play it sometime. I think it's you'd like fun. it. Maybe when I see you next, we'll play it. Is it just two people? It's only two players. All right. It's very circumstantial, unfortunately. So let's dive into our rating system. And our special treat is that after the criticism we had from the last <laughs> episode, we are changing the rating system. And we are going to eliminate the Dewey Decimal System. Despite our love of libraries, I feel that it's a little too wide in scope. So our new system is 0 to 9. And the reason we're doing 9 is because there is no perfect 10 of a game. No matter what, a game may be perfect to you, but it's not perfect to everyone. Hmm. And that's why we're doing 0 to 9. So 0 is a game that you never play again. As soon as you see it, you want to throw it out. (laughs) You hate it. And 9 is the best game you could possibly play Again, not a perfect game, but very, very close. So let's start with Elizabeth. We'll go down the line, and she's going to give us her rating, and she's going to tell us why she gave it the rating. Because <laughs> last time I forgot to do that. I gave, like, a lower rating and Dinosaur forgot Island. to. And I, I had reasons, but I forgot to list them. So I told Brian to remind me if I forget anything, because I'm good at forgetting First, things. tell us your thoughts on the game overall, and then give us your rating. I like the tile building games. I like the fact that in this game you can manipulate the dice to be what number you want, even though you'd have to pay. Um, I thought it was a little confusing in the beginning, so it's not one you can really jump right in. I would probably give it a six. Brian's eyes just went up. Um, because I did like that you could see where you could get the points. Um, because I know one of my issues with the, the last game we played was with scoring, that it was kind of hard to bounce back. If you were not playing things in the best way in this game, there was like a way to recover. So I like the fact that once you figure out the rules, you were able to kind of like adapt and fix that. So I do like it when games can be forgiving like that. So that kind of redeemed it a little bit for me, but it was not my favorite tile-building game. Understood. All right, I'm going to go next. 
I liked Old West Empresario. I thought it was a fun game. I think that it's quick. It doesn't overstay its welcome, which I think is a big plus in some games. Some games just kind of drag on. I haven't played it two players yet, but I played it twice with three players and once with four players. And people are confused by the game. I personally get it, but then again, I also spent a lot of time reviewing the rules, so I have a slight you know, advantage in that regard. But I do think that once you play it, you start to understand it, and it really is deeper than it lets on. So because of its depth and because of its easy, quick playtime, despite the complexity, I would give this game a 7 out of 9. I thought it was a good game, and I did enjoy it. Tabitha? I guessed, I guessed I... you were going to give it that. <laughs> I would also give it a 7 out of 9. Um, overall, I liked it a lot, but I I did find it a little confusing, and I especially like I couldn't figure out like what Brian and Elizabeth were trying to go for. I but couldn't I think figure like, out what I was trying to go for. <laughs> so. Like if I had known that, like sometimes you can like block people. And I'm always playing new games with you, so I'm curious: is this you play a lot of new games? Is this game more difficult to learn than other games you play with me? Like you feel like this is harder to jump into than some, yeah. Like some like, games depend. Like you like. My favorite recent game we've played has was a I think it was called Downforce. Yes, the car game, and that was very easy <laughs> to figure out. Downforce is very fun. I, I do like that. That was fun and had like a strategic component. Yeah, this is definitely a different kind of game. So overall, across the board, six, seven, seven. So this is something that I would say that if you don't have a lot of Thailand games and you like the old west theme, I would say that you should add this to your collection. If you like games like Suburbia or Games that involve city building, I think it's something you should definitely pick up. Or if you played Pioneer Days, which is possible. This game is published by Tasty Minstrel Games, which is one of my favorite game companies. Their pieces are always excellent quality. So now we're going to segue into a very special quiz that Elizabeth has for us. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. Before we do that. So due to popular request (laughs) from a listener, we have a book (laughs) recommendation. And... Elizabeth is going to tell us about a book that's themed on the Old West. Okay, well, there was a few people that recommended doing the book reviews. And last show, I was not prepared. I totally forgot about it. And I was, like, floundering right when it was my turn. And I really wanted to pick one, so I just kind of went with, like, a very loose. Um, But I actually have two. One's kind of has a story to it. And one is, like, a current. So I'm going to start with the one that's actually, like, a recommendation with the theme, and that's it's a graphic novel series called um, oh no, I just like blocked it out. Uh, Copperhead, and it's kind of like a sci fi western y graphic novel, and so it does go with the western theme. I did read it a few years ago, so it's not too bright in my mind right now, but it's like a mother and I think a son, I want to say, and then there was like a sheriff, and it was. It's futuristic sci-fi western, but the one that I wanted to talk about... Wait, who's the author? I just X'd it out. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Um, give me a minute, give me a minute. <laughs> Anyone want to try their cowboy accent for the old West Impresario game? Yeehaw! <laughs> Was that good? <laughs> I am wearing a, a sweatshirt that says "Living Country" on it. We should start wearing has, themed outfits, even though no one can see it, us. Well, you've been wearing. I'm actually wearing a cowboy hat right now. Wink, wink. I see. Yes. You do have a board game themed shirt on. So, Copperhead is by Jay Farber, and then the artist is Scott Godlewski. Nice. And then the the other book that I wanted to talk about. This, um, I read it because I was at a panel at BookCon, and 
one of my favorite authors, Maggie Stiefvater, was talking about this book called The Plant People. And it's an older book. And I bought it because I was throwing around the idea of getting a copy and having her sign it because I've ran into her a lot of times at BookCon and, and yeah, at the autographing table because she also has goats. So we kind of bond over that while her other <laughs> fans just kind of stare at her and creep her out. So uh, The Plant People. Now, it's a very old book. I'm trying to find the details on when it was released, but it's a very short book and it has black and white photos in it and it's this small western town where people start slowly turning into plants. Wow. And there's actual black and white photos in there. So, you know, was this actually happening? No. But Maggie Steve Otter was telling the story about how she was creeped out by this book when she was young. And, like, at one point, she, she mentioned how she said to her mom, show me your hands to make sure she wasn't, like, <laughs> turning into a plant. So I bought this book, planning on having her, like, sign it. But then I was like, no, I don't want to ruin my relationship with Maggie Steve Otter by freaking her out with the plant people. And also the copy I got smelled a little bit like mildew, so... I eventually just like <laughs> donated it somewhere. Wow. But I did read it and it's like a forty page book. It's very short and it's it looks like a beginning like a beginner reader because the font is like big. A little kid could read it and hence why Maggie Steve Otter read it when she was little and they'd have nightmares because the photographs look so real. So that's a western. I have a question for all of you, inspired by Elizabeth's story. If you could turn into any kind of plant, what would you turn into starting you, Elizabeth? What do you mean if you can turn into a plant? <laughs> if you woke up tomorrow morning and you were a plant, you what have kind of... to stay the plant. Yes, or you, can turn, you can't turn back into a human. No, so you could like die. You would very just grow. Quickly. You would just well, grow. Well, not necessarily. Well, if you could be a plant, if you could be a plant, I like tiger lilies, but then that means I would just like bloom once a year for two weeks and then just like die, and then next year come back. You're and then a... spread and annoy everybody because you plant tiger lilies and then they take over your garden. So, but you could be a tiger lily. But I do like tiger lilies. What about you, Tabitha? I would be a willow tree. You stole they're mine. Long. They're pretty, and you can be by the water. <laughs> I want to be a willow tree too. Can I be a willow tree also? Yeah, we My can. No, you know what? Together. No, what? I'm gonna be a crab apple tree. <laughs> crab apple. <laughs> no one wants those. Why don't you be a real apple tree? Okay, fine. But I don't know. I guess uh, <laughs> I like crab apples. I think they're fun. Would you eat a crab apple? I'll try one on a dare. I don't think they're not edible. <laughs> they're hardly, they're hardly oh, kind of fun. They're gross. I think I don't think they're toxic. I think I saw some on the ground actually in my walk today. I don't eat them. Okay, <laughs> so I'll be poisonous at crab apple tree. <laughs> so now it's time for our oh, trivia you, you game. You could have picked a really poisonous plant. What? It could have been like hemlock or something. No, a crab apple. Okay. <laughs> Do you have apple. any book recommendations? No. Okay. <laughs> but I was on my A game tonight you with were. my book recommendations. Our other option, what is it going to be a game on Antarctica? It's called Antarctica. That may be in a future episode. It may not be. We'll see how I feel about it after I play we it. We ran out of time to play games Okay. Tonight. So Elizabeth's going to have a very fun trivia quiz, which we haven't actually tried yet. So the questions could be really good or really bad. And I haven't taken it. So like, I literally Googled board game quizzes, and I didn't view the answers because this is when you have to click on the answers as you go so i this is called the classic board game quiz so we'll start why don't you start reading it and then you answer and then then i'll answer the next one and tablet answer the next one if someone doesn't know it then oh do you want us all to answer can it? we phone you... a friend and just like do the phone hand signal no how do you like... want to work this so you answer first read it and then answer. well what if i just like 
How many questions the are question. there? I don't, um, might be like 10 or something. I don't know if there's exactly 10. They're not numbered. I'm just scrolling on my phone. Okay, we'll answer all of them. Okay. So we can answer them together. Go ahead. So the first one we tested out because we wanted to see if it told us our answers as soon as we clicked on it or if we had to take the whole thing. So the first question was, this game involves black and white discs and a green grid for a board. And the choices were Othello, Go, and Connect Four. And the three of us pretty much agreed that it was Othello because we didn't know, like, I don't know. Do you know that game, Othello? No. No, but that was the only one, like, that I didn't know what the board looked like <laughs> that fit the description. So so that was number one, and okay. we did answer it correctly. So it is Othello. The next question. In this game, you can be a dispatcher, medic, scientist, operations expert, or researcher. I know this. I know this. Can I guess without the po- choices? Yeah. You won't guess. Is it pandemic? So the choices are <laughs> operation, risk, and pandemic. Um, and Brian answered pandemic. I'm answering pandemic. Yeah. Tap is nodding. <laughs> so let's see if we're right. We are. Yes. So pandemic is a cooperative game in which players try to stop the spread of four diseases. Has any of you played that game? No. I used to own it. I don't anymore. Yeah, I think um, Eric has played we played it. similar games, played but it. we didn't. It's fun. But you got rid of it, which we will talk about in another episode, why you get rid of games. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about for that. So the next question. This is a quote, Euro game, end quote, in which players build a medieval landscape. The choices are Settlers of Catan, Carcassonne, and Risk. (laughs) I I think I know the answer, but do you want to take a guess, both of you? guess that it's Carcassonne. I also guess Carcassonne. I third that. Okay. (laughs) I do know that Settlers of Catan has goats. Is it in the junior one? But uh, Carcassonne is correct. We're three for three. Woohoo! Carcassonne is a name for a medieval French city. Fun fact, if you did not know that, now you do. The next question. This game was immortalized in When Harry Met Sally. The choices are Scategories, Monopoly, and Pictionary. Yikes, yikes. I never saw that movie. I have. I don't remember. I'm going to guess Pictionary. I don't know. Pictionary. I'm going to guess Scategories. I never watched it, so. I don't know if Scategories is around the 80s, though. Let's find out. (laughs) It was Pictionary. In the Pictionary scene, Jess can't stop yelling, baby fish mouth. Oh. But we didn't watch the movie, but. um, I saw the movie. I think Pictionary was very popular when that movie came out. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in years. I just, I'm, I, I just seen once, parts of it. I don't it know. It was a long time ago. I shelved it a lot at the library. <laughs> it's a popular movie for yeah. patrons, I guess. Yeah, definitely put it on the shelf a lot. All right, next question. In this game, players try to get all four of their pieces around a board and to home. The choices are life, sorry. Shoots and ladders. Sorry. Is it sorry? It's sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to say sorry because you guys did. And it is. <laughs> does Parcheesi have the same? I think it does. 
That's what was going to be my guess. Sorry, I ripped off of Parcheesi, though, clearly, because <laughs> Parcheesi. It would make sense if, like, home was part of life, though, because it's like, oh, I'm going to go home now, because this is my life. <laughs> go to the grave in life, right? <laughs> These questions are better than I thought they would be. They're a little yeah. basic, but they're not horrible. Yeah, well, you know, it's fun, because we don't know we don't all know the what answers. Gonna like, it's kind of the classic board game quiz when we're <laughs> into a lot of new games. That's true. Next question is... This game is now set in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Hmm. The choices are Monopoly, Casino, and Life. Um, so that means they made a new one. Monopoly? Uh, is it, it must be Casino. Casino? Try I, it. I'm guessing Casino, but it really could be What is Casino? Anything. I don't know, I don't but know. it makes sense because Atlantic City... Let's find out. It's Monopoly. <gasps> So, I was gonna say I've never heard of a board game called Casino. There's so many Monopoly board games that you know they they can be anywhere. I haven't played Monopoly in, in many years. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can play in Atlantic City if you want. Yeah, I'll pass. So now, of course, there are plenty of city-themed Monopoly boards, but the classic version is Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Makes sense because there's a boardwalk in Monopoly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. There's a lot of there's a boardwalk in Atlantic City. <laughs> there's a lot of versions of that game. Maybe I know many. when the the credit card one came out, I bought it and I accidentally cleared out everyone's credit cards and my dad was very upset because he was like, oh, I was winning oh. and you set my account to zero and I was like, oops. That's harsh. That's why I was a good banker with money. So the next question, which game features a... Popomatic for rolling <laughs> dice. I'll let you two answer this one because I know it already. <laughs> we don't need the choices, or do you want the choices as a refresher? You, you know I what? don't know. What, is it sorry? Again? No. So the choices are risk, apples to apples, or trouble. Oh, trouble. It's trouble. Yeah. It's Actually, it's clearly it's apples to apples. There's so many moving <laughs> pieces in that game. No, go on. <laughs> um, this next one, why... Why is it just, like, grayed out here? The next question is which... Oh, that's because I didn't answer. I didn't click the question to see the check mark. So in the middle of the trouble board sits the Popomatic, which you push down to roll the dice. Next question is which game features Miss Peacock? I'm going to let Tabitha answer that one. Clue. 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 Which has actually... We've talked about Clue a lot in uh, (laughs) It's like a recurring topic. I'm going to play Clue again. I don't think I've ever played Clue. You should. It's kind of a Halloween-y game. Maybe we'll play it for Halloween, and we'll have it as a, a special feature review in, like, a Halloween episode. Yeah. It's the mystery game Clue, of course, and don't forget Mr. Green, Miss Scarlet, Mrs. White, Colonel Mustard, and Professor Plum. We should play it in the library. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> Cheesy and delicious. This game was originally called Lexico, then Crisscross Words. The choices are... Scrabble. <laughs> the choices are Buzzword, Scrabble, or Boggle. And you're answering Scrabble? Yeah. 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 The classic Scrabble was actually created by an architect in 1933. Interesting. Yeah. We used Somewhat. to play Boggle a lot during our breaks. We did. I like Boggle. Yeah. It's fun. I like Wordsy. Have you played Wordsy? Is that the one with the really big letters? No, that's a word game. You'd like it. Wordsy. We'll play it sometime. We might have played it. I don't know. I'm oh, terrible well. at remembering the names of games, like I've mentioned on okay. many episodes. Next question. I don't know how many more we have, but next question. 
<laughs> Grandmasters have reached the highest level of achievement in this classic game. <laughs> the chess. <laughs> <laughs> the choices are Parcheesi, chess, Dungeons and Dragons. It could be Dungeons and Dragons, actually. I was no. going to no, guess Dungeons not. and Dragons, no, it's but chess. you it's said chess. chess. It's a grandmaster of chess. The youngest chess grandmaster ever was 12-year-old Sergey Karjakin. It's not Bobby Fischer? In 2002. No. Grandmasters does sound like a Dungeons and Dragons thing, That's though. Dungeon Master. <laughs> okay, well, obviously, okay. I'm not one. <laughs> Me neither. D&D isn't com- a competitive game right no it's There's not no way to win it there's no winning it's it's endless i have super mario chess I'll play that i like sometime. playing as the bad guys and making the sounds like birdo's like bow and magic koopa's like <laughs> so i like making the noises of them as i'm making my moves fun oh. fact <laughs> which classic game is known as droughts in england the choices are checkers Chinese checkers or chess? I think it's checkers. Checkers. It's checkers. Checkers and droughts are one and the same. Hmm. Interesting. In this game, players try to establish and grow colonies. The choices are Carcassonne, Settlers of Catan, and Risk. Settlers of Catan? Catan. Yeah, Settlers of Catan players can spend resources to build cities and roads. I feel like we should be getting close to the end of this quiz. <laughs> the never-ending The never-ending quiz. The never-ending podcast. Best episode ever. This game, created by two Canadians in 17... 17- Whoa, that's a, that's late. I read that wrong. 1979 <laughs> had $20 million in sales in 1984. And the choices are Cranium, Pictionary, and Trivial Pursuit. I want to say it's the last one. I would say because we had a, had a question on Pictionary, and Cranium was not in that time yeah, period. Yeah, Cranium's new. Trivial Pursuit, they've had quite a few of those, too. And they all suck. Um. Keep Isn't it that a hot take? Appropriate, that Brian. Hot take. <laughs> you totally got like sassy there. I'm sorry, but Trivial Pursuit is a horrible game. I like the questions, but the way you roll the dice and you land on something, and if you like, you have to land on the pie shape one to get the actual pie piece. If you play the game by the rules, it's as tedious as all heck. I have the Saturday Night Live one before, uh. like Saturday Night Live. You know, it's not the current one. It's like Saturday Night Live for like the 90s, early 2000s. The questions are too hard. I did very well at the Saturday Night Live one. I wouldn't be able to answer much now about Saturday Night Live. But, Good. Um, but it totally took the 80s by storm. Okay, is what okay. This is a two-player war game in which players try to capture each other's soldiers. Strategio? Strategio? There's Strategio, Risk, yeah. and Battleship. Strategio. And that would make sense because you're not sinking battleships and Risk is more than two players. So yeah, Strategio. I think that's what it is. Both players get six bombs and one flag. This is a two-player game with dice. Parcheesi, backgammon, backgammon. I never know how to pronounce it. I just read it a lot. And Mancala. Backgammon. Backgammon all backgammon. the way. Yeah. It's one of the oldest games around. Players move around a board with 12-pointed arrows. People play that, like old men play that in the park. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Backgammon in the park. Okay, there's quite a few more questions. I'm going to read two more questions, (laughs) and then I'll call it a, a game. All right. In 1860, 
Milton Bradley introduced this game in which players spin a numbered wheel in the middle of the board. There's Blockus, Masterpiece, or Life. Hmm. Life? <laughs> life. Life. I've never played Life. It's not Blockus. You've never played I've Life? I've never played Life. Really? You I've played Simpsons Life. life. I don't have Life because it's a roll and move, but I, I do like Life, and the Simpsons Life was fun. But we have, have other... Life at the library? Probably. We should... You should... Play it. Maybe we should have a classic Elizabeth. games episode. Yeah. Yeah, I've never played it. That's a shame. It's never had the cereal either. Again. I don't know how to play <laughs> I that one. I haven't played that in like a million years. I would try it. But as you travel on the path of life, your player can graduate from college, get a job, get married, have kids, win the lottery, and go bankrupt. We've played a lot of games with that theme though. That's true. And the last question I'm going to read tonight is in this game, players draw cards that have colored squares on them. There's Candyland, oh. Risk, and Uncle Wiggly. What a way to end this, Elizabeth. Yeah, Candyland. Candyland. You want to do one more? No, it's no, fine. Candyland's okay. the perfect ending. It Candyland. is, because I like candy. It's the easiest game of all. I don't think I've played Candyland either. <laughs> you poor deprived girl. All she did was all she did in her youth was play Clue on Super Nintendo. Where it had the cards for player one and two, so you could cheat if you were playing with someone who didn't cover their eyes. And Monopoly with the the metal cash register. But that was fun though. Call back. Play with my dad's original game. That was the old, 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 old game. I read an article that said that Candyland was made for, like, children with TB in the hospital. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy, because it's just meant to, like, calm them down and, like, be about their ability to move through the world instead of being yeah. trapped in, like, an iron I was just, like, noticing that in the correct answer description. It said Candyland was designed in 1948 by a girl who was recovering from polio, oh, polio. in a children's hospital. But she designed it, so she must have designed it for other kids, too, to enjoy as well. That's very sad, but I guess yeah. that's that's yeah, that's depressing. That's so sweet. It's sweet though. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for episode five. Um, first, we'd like to thank the Sagem Public Library for letting us use their space. We'd also like to thank our very special guest star, Tabitha. Oh, you're welcome. Yay. I hope you enjoyed coming on the show, and I we did. we might ask you back for a future episode. And follow us on Instagram at Board Librarians. Email us. Is it it's boardlibrarians at gmail.com and like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a five star review so we can get recognized and noticed. And thank you again. Tune in two weeks for another new episode of The Board Librarians. The Board Librarians. <laughs>